Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and today I want to talk about how do you buy your first investment property the right way in 2023? In particular, I want to go through three aspects. Number one, where do you start? Now, that might surprise you, but I see so many people get it wrong at the very beginning that it takes them so long to then get back on track with their property investing journey. Secondly, I'm going to talk about the fundamental philosophy that I have applied to all of my property investments over the last 21 years that I've been investing in property and now the last 13 years that I've been helping others invest in property. And the best part about this philosophy is once you understand how it works, it helps you avoid some very common but painful mistakes. And then number three, I'm going to give you some practical points that you need to analyze when looking at your next investment property or your first investment property either way. So we've got a lot to get through. So let's begin by looking at where do you start? And let me tell you, this is where you don't start. You don't start by wondering, is this a good property? You don't start by wondering, is this a good area to to buy in? No. Where you want to begin is first of all understanding your goals. Why are you looking to buy an investment property in the first place? Now, the immediate answer might be, well, of course, Nero, I want to create wealth and I want to do all these fantastic things. Sure, but let's drill down a bit further because sometimes you might be thinking about buying an investment property that ultimately you want to live in in the future. Now, if that's your goal, then it's a pretty simple process, right? What you want to look at is, well, where can you afford, where do you want to live in the future, and then you buy that kind of property that you want to live in, and then you rent it out. Pretty simple process, okay? Or maybe you're thinking about buying a property where you want to get some rental income, but the real goal is to have it as a holiday home that you can enjoy for a certain amount of time every year. Well, if that's the case, you're going to focus on certain locations. Or maybe your goal is to say, look, I want to build wealth for the future. I want to have an asset base I can rely on. I want passive income so I've got more freedom, so I don't have to go to work or work as hard as I do right now. Well, if that's your goal, then things are going to be very different, right? So you need to get very, very clear on why are you investing? What is the goal behind the investment property? Because ultimately, A house is just bricks and mortar, right? It's not that exciting. It has to be a vehicle for something more. So get clear on why you're looking to invest in property. And then once you're clear on the end game, then you can be clear on where you start. And where you start is, yes, you want to get clear on what your borrowing capacity is, right? Because that's the the key constraint. If the banks will only lend you a certain amount of money, then that's only what you can afford. Number two, you then need to look at your price point from a comfort perspective. So if, for example, your borrowing capacity is $800,000, but maybe you're only comfortable spending $600,000. Well, if that's the case, 
that's your comfort point, right? But the third thing when it comes to looking at where do you start that most people forget is their cash flow affordability. Here's what I mean by that. You could buy a $600,000 property that is potentially positively cash flowed or a $600,000 property that's negatively cash flowed by let's say $500 a month, okay? Two very different cash flow profiles. And sure, the banks may lend you uh, the same amount of money, but which one can you afford based on your current cash flow, right? So you need to get clear on, well, if you're gonna buy a property that is slightly negative right now, and I'll explain why you might do that uh, shortly, you need to be clear on, well, how far negative can you go? I spoke to a, a new client who's enlisting our buyer's agent services, and he said, look, you know, I have approximately surplus cash flow of $2,000 a, a month. So, therefore, I wanna buy four properties uh, at this stage based on his capacity, and he said, I want to be no more negatively cash flow than $500 per month on each property, but I want properties with rising rent. So that's gonna change in the future and the negative cash flow will change, okay? I had another client who reached out for our buyer's agency service and they said, look, Nero, we've got the borrowing capacity, but we are worried a bit about our cash flow. We really want something that's neutral or if not positively cash flow, okay? So you need to be clear on what's comfortable and what your cash flow constraints are. Once you know what your capacity is, your comfort level is, and your cash flow constraints are, then that's where you begin by looking at price points and going forwards from there, okay? But once you start, the question is, well, how do you find these great areas to in, in invest in? And this is where my fundamental property investing philosophy comes in, and it's this. Make sure that every property you buy, whether it's your first one, whether it's your, your, your third one, make sure that every property you buy is a stepping stone to the next one. Now, that might sound very obvious, and you're like, well, Nira, how do we do that, okay? Well, I'm gonna explain that as we go through this, this episode, but keep that in the back of your mind, because that will make you an intentional investor rather than an accidental investor. So an accidental investor, for example, is someone who owns a home and then they look to upgrade or buy another home, but they keep that first home as an investment property, okay? They, they like the, the home because they lived in it previously, they're comfortable with the area, and so they hold on to it, okay? It's a very common uh, investing strategy that people have used, but there's not a lot of thought behind is that first home the right property for them to hold as part of the investment portfolio. And that's what I mean by an accidental investor. But an intentional investor goes, well, if I'm gonna buy this property, how is it gonna help me buy the next one after that in a time frame that I am comfortable with? That question changes things. Because when you understand that, you stop asking, well, is this a good area? To, to, to buy in is, should I buy in this area because my friends and family told me to, to, to buy there? Is this an area that I should buy in because I know the area or I live close by to, to the area, right? None of that. Instead, you start looking at some key data points, okay? And if you want a property to be a stepping stone to the next one, it has to have a few criteria. Number one, it needs to be in an area where rents are rising. Okay, because remember the ultimate constraint on your ability to build a property portfolio is your borrowing capacity, 
all right? And so you need to be looking at areas where rents are rising so that your borrowing capacity can rise as well at some point in the future, okay? Now, think about this. What's the biggest concern most people have when they buy an investment property? It's that they will buy a property and then they can't get it rented, all right? But when you apply the philosophy of, is this property gonna be a stepping stone to the next one? And for that to happen, it has to be in an area where there's rising rents. You start looking at areas where there is strong rental demand. In fact, there's excess demand over supply. That means that you're buying in areas with very, very low vacancy rates. At the moment, I'm only buying in areas where vacancy rates are under 3%, preferably even under 2.5%. And of course, I am finding areas where vacancy rates are under even 1%, okay? Now, that means that you have an area where there is massive demand from tenants and not enough properties, okay? That means that rents are more than likely going to keep rising. It's why we have a massive rental crisis in many areas across the country. So when you focus on getting a property that's gonna give you be a stepping stone to the next one, it also prevents or reduces the chances of you buying a property that you can't rent out, okay? So that's the first thing. Focus on areas with strong rental growth, where vacancy rates are low, where rental demand is higher than supply. But then you also want to understand, well, how do I ensure this property is a stepping stone to the next one? Yes, rental growth is great, but you also want capital growth. Right? You want to buy that property for, say, your argument sake, $700,000, and it's going to be worth $900,000 in a few years' time, so that you've got some equity growth to then tap into to buy your next one. Okay? And so what is it that determines capital growth? And this is the key point, if you've stayed with me until this long, it's this. Capital growth comes from excess demand from owner-occupiers over supply. Okay? Now, that's a very, very key distinction. You want to be buying in markets where lots of people are looking to buy to live and that there are more people looking to buy to live than available properties, okay? Because as investors, we don't create capital growth. We ride the coattails of owner-occupiers who create capital growth, okay? Think about what happened in the post-pandemic boom nationally, okay? Yes, interest rates dropped, and what happened? A lot of people who were renting or who had smaller homes upgraded their homes, bought homes, and bought in areas to live in, and that's what caused property prices to rise. It's not as if investors created the boom. It's owner-occupiers who created the boom, and you wanna be buying in areas where lots of people are looking to buy to live. And so you wanna be looking at the owner occupancy rate. You want to look at say, well, is it at least 50% in an area with a growing population, or is it more like 60% plus in an area where the population is roughly staying the same? Okay, so focus on owner occupancy rate. Once you know that, and you can see that there's demand from people who want to live in the area, you know that the odds are that there's going to be some capital growth. But once you look at those two things, what are some of the other things you want to look at? Well, one of the things that I look at for our clients is the economic output of an area, okay? Often known as GRP or the gross regional product of an area. Now, that's a big term, but essentially what I'm looking to see is that 
how much money is being spent or is being generated rather in this area versus say the state average, the national average, any other average, right? Because what I'm looking to see is I'm trying to find areas where if there's more money being generated as a result of industry in this area, then the odds are prices will rise going forwards because there's more money to be spent on property, okay? I'm also then looking at things like the economic vibrancy of an area. How good is council? Are they investing in enough facilities to keep upgrading the, the area? Because you see, another mistake a lot of people make is they think, ah, oh, there, there is new jobs coming in this area and that's gonna create capital growth. No, 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 no. That is not the case. Jobs growth creates rental growth. Because what happens if there's all these jobs being created, then people move into an area and they rent, okay? And so that can create a false boom because people think, oh look, rents are rising, property prices are going to, to rise. And the problem is if those jobs are temporary based on temporary projects, think about for example, what happened during the last mining boom, when those jobs end, all those tenants leave and property prices go backwards, okay? So yes, you want jobs growth, but that's only the first criteria. You then want to see, well, is there enough investment happening in things like schools, hospitals, shopping centers, facilities to ensure that the area is attractive to live in? And if that's the case, then you're going to have more people moving into the area, more people wanting to buy to live in the area, and that's what's going to give you the capital growth that you're after. So if you can follow what I've said throughout this episode in a step-by-step -step manner. Start with your goals, start with the three C's, your capacity, your comfort levels, your cash flow constraints, then start applying the philosophy of, is this property gonna be a stepping stone to the next one? And go through the various criteria that I just mentioned. Your odds of success have just gone through the roof. Hi, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and you're looking for a full blueprint on how to invest in property to gain a passive income, then go to Nero Book, that's N-I-R-O Book, B-O-O-K, go to nerobook.com.au to get a free copy of my book, Wake Up Wealthier, How to Build a Property Portfolio That Pays You an Income each and every month. Now, I used to sell this book for $47, but for a limited time, I'm giving you both the digital version and the audio version totally for free. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I wanna give more people a chance to get this information. Plus, I also know that a certain number of you when you go through the book, we'll like what you see and you'll reach out um, to find out more about our future services. But even if you don't, that's okay because the book itself is a full blueprint about how to build a property portfolio that pays your passive income, even if you've never invested before. So if that's what you want, then go to nerobook.com.au to get your free version of the book while you still can.